as we come together this morning, just to help us to focus our thoughts as we worship, and then, as it says, the young people help us journey through the nativity, these verses that always speak to me from Paul's letters to the Galatians. Not an easy book at all, um, but there are bits in it which are very accessible in these verses. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons and daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. And so we are no longer slaves, but God's children. And since we are his children, God has also made us his heirs. When the time had fully come, God sent his son. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we thank you for this time this morning. We thank you for our young people who are going to help us to journey through the well-known story of the nativity. We thank you for Jessica and her helpers and colleagues in not just what they've done today, but what they do throughout our year. And we pray a blessing upon them and our young folk and ask that as they journey through the story, so we will join with them and that by the Holy Spirit, you would remind us afresh of the wonder of what we've just heard from your word. That at that set time, you, O oh God, fulfilled your promises in Jesus Christ, born of Mary, the Son of God, the Son of Man. And so we offer you our worship. We ask for your help, O oh Holy Spirit not just today, but over these coming days as we celebrate Christmas, that we might know the reality of the Christ child, not just amongst us, but within us. Forgive us for allowing all the glitter and the glamour of this season to obscure the true reason for our cause of worship. And still our hearts and quieten our minds and fill this your house with the fragrance of your presence, we pray. So still our hearts, speak into our lives, and may we know the reality of Jesus in our midst. For his name's sake, amen. Happy forever are his own. And yet for Mary, that first Christmas, happy? The whole story of Christmas, of course, as we see it, is a time of celebration, time of thanksgiving, times of rejoicing, times of being with family, times of getting gifts, everything else. But if you look at the story, as Luke very clearly tells us, and we've already been explained to us why he does that, he wants people to know that this isn't fantasy, this isn't fiction, this isn't some kind of AI-created other world. This is a real world, real people, and a real reality of God coming into our midst. But that means that the truth of it caused happiness, blessing favor. We're told that when the angel came to Mary, he said, you have found favor with God. Favor to be found to be pregnant outside of marriage and have the possibility that your betrothed is going to quietly, perhaps because he was a decent man, but quietly dump you 
and walk away from you, your own family to turn their back against you, your name to be spoken about in all sorts of places as, well, did you hear what happened to Mary? Favor to have to give birth, not in your home town, but to have to journey to Bethlehem and whatever the context of the house was, I don't think even in those days, being born in and having your young one laid in a manger, in a stable or a byre, really was the ideal setting for your first child. Favored and have to flee and become a refugee in Egypt, away from all your family, and having heard the cry of those who, because of your child, are now suffering the death of their child. To return and have to set up shop with your husband in a very different kind of world. Favored, having been told that your own soul and heart was going to be pierced, filled with sadness because of what your son was going to have to go through, Fast forward the story and have to stand at the bottom of a cross and see him nailed to a tree. Favored, happy, blessed. And yet we're told that when Mary had all that shared with her, she simply said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. You see, my friends, our understanding so often of Christianity is that it makes you happy, that everything works out well, that it'll be like the setting of Christmas, just nice, and it'll be a life of continual blessing and satisfaction. And yet the story of Christians in our world, the story of the church in the world, is that knowing God and being favored by Him often leads to real challenges, real struggles, real trials, real tragedy. The suffering church, those who have turned to Christ and then are dis deserted by their family, rejected by their colleagues, and perhaps very isolated in their faith. You see, in God's ways and in God's understanding, there's a whole different perspective. Being favored by God is not some sort of magic potion to a wonderful life where, like a fairy tale, everything works out well. Being favored by God is knowing Him in the reality of life as it truly is, the true facts, the true reality, the true situation, knowing Emmanuel God with us in times of trial, in times of sorrow, in times when our questions about what's happening aren't neatly answered. But we know God's favor because we know him with us and within us. That's why Mary could sing that song, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. 
Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Being favored by God means that the promise of God is made real within our lives, that he keeps his word, that he assures us of his mercy, that he meets us in our point of need. Most of all, he offers us his forgiveness, paid for by that Christ on the cross. And so when people talk about Christianity, and sometimes you'll hear that, I hear that, people say, well, you see, that's for folk who can't cope with life. Or that's some kind of almost religious drug that people buy into because it somehow anesthetizes them against the realities of life. Then in a spirit of Christian grace and love, tell them they're talking through a hole in their head. They have no understanding of the true story the true story of that first Christmas, the true story of the life of Jesus, the true story of what it means to be a follower of Jesus in our world today, where many, faithful to him, face very real challenge and tragedy, refugee, homeless, a victim of insult and persecution, or just trying to be true to Jesus in a home where no one else knows him. Being favored by God, a very different type of favoring than the world understands. But it's a favor that when it meets faith leads to fulfillment of life here and a fuller life in the life hereafter. Emmanuel God with us in a stable, in society, but more importantly, in our souls. That's why Mary was favored that first Christmas. And that's the favor that God offers to all those who will put their trust in him. Let's pray together. We thank you for this Christmas story. We thank you for the comfort it brings to us as people of faith. God with us. We thank you that it is a time of gathering together with family and friends. It is a time for the tree and the lights and all the favorite things of this season. We are mindful this morning that for many other believers in our world, they can't celebrate in the way that we do because of where they live, because of the circumstances they face, because of the environment that surrounds them, because of the struggles that would so easily overwhelm them. And so we do remember this Christmas in the comfort of in the celebrations of this season here, 
our brothers and sisters in Christ in lands of war, in places of poverty, in the midst of trials, facing very real struggles in daily life. And we pray, O Emmanuel, that they would know the reality of your favor as they experience your mercy, as they know your peace, as they live in the light of your promise, as they're assured of your mercy. And as we pray for others, so we pray for ourselves, that whoever we are and whatever our story is, the facts of our life, we thank you that in Jesus Christ you break into that reality with the most real truth of all, the one born as a savior, even Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father. No one can know the favor of the Father. No one can experience fellowship with the Father apart from me. May that indeed, O oh God, our Father, be the real reason, whoever we are and whatever our circumstances, for thanksgiving this Christmas season. For your name's sake. Amen.